Welcome to chapter 38 of our podcast. Today we will introduce you to our first guests on the podcast. We also take you inside the amazing Chateau de Biron. And review our first Michelin restaurant. This is Jeff and Julie moved to France during a global pandemic. So at this time of year, we get invaded by these bugs. They're flat, they're ugly. And they're stinky. And if you crush them, they smell up the house. And they're called? Punaise. Such a nice name for a stinky bug. Well, stink in French is pu. Ça pue. Oh. <laughs> so punaise <laughs> is perfect. Yes. And fun fact, yeah. punaise is also a thumbtack. I don't know what the relation is, but stinky bugs... Thumbtacks. Thumbtacks. They're everywhere. I don't know how they get in the house. I just, I have no clue as to how they get in here. You know, in the morning, they're in the sink, and they're doing, like, they're on their backs. Yeah. They they spin around. Dumb as a post. Yep. Yeah. So we have that problem going on right now, and it's not helping because we have guests here. And uh, before we introduce our guests to you today, we have a major announcement to make about mustard. Julie. I found some. That, that wasn't the announcement. Oh, the, we got some? We got some, hmm. yeah. <laughs> Try and play along. <laughs> we got some hand-delivered Yes. by some of our best friends. Yes. Dijon. Amazing. And they even had the wherewithal. Three, three to, countries. Three, it, <laughs> thank it, you, yeah, Stacey. It traveled three countries Stacey, because they brought it from... We'll get to you in a second. Yeah. Uh, so, so, so hang on. So you 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 bought it in Tampa. Tampa. It went flew to London. to London. Then it went to Portugal. Portugal. And then it made it to France. And they had the wherewithal to get the plastic one in case, you know, a glass one would have broken. So They. they mm-hmm. uh, John. John did. I, I think it's time we introduce our guest. Julie, do you want to start this off? Please? Absolutely. So John is a dear friend. He's a realtor. Realtor, please. It's not realtor. It's okay. realtor. Um, from Charles Rutenberg Real. Is that right? Oh my God. <laughs> it's going so well so far. <laughs> First of all, his name is John Milkovich, and, and you didn't say his last name. John oh. Milkovich. Oh. And and he is from Charles uh, Ruttenberg. Charles Ruttenberg. Okay, so Realtors. we have our great friend John Milkovich. He is a realtor. Realtor. From oh my God. With. Do, do you know what you're doing? Here's the difference. You're doing you're doing nuclear instead of nuclear. It's, right. It's not realtor. It's okay. Realtor. Anyway, he is an amazing real estate agent for the Charles Ruttenberg Realty. Oh in St. Pete's. Jeez, there's no wine involved in this podcast. <laughs> okay, you got the actual, and uh, here's the interesting thing. You got the easy one. Uh, yeah, because the next one okay. is like uh, war and peace. Welcome, John. Welcome, John. Thank you. Uh, Stacy Allister is formerly the chairperson and CEO of the WTA, the Women's Tennis Association. She's also the former vice president of sales and marketing and tournament director of the Canadian Tennis Open. Currently, she is chief executive of professional tennis and the U.S. Open tournament director, recent recipient of the Order of Canada companion stage. Amazing. Stacy Allister. Yes, amazing. Amazing. Got these great drums in here, Jeff. We yes. don't make any noise. But you know, Julie, I must say, as you started 
And you started to, at this time of the year, we get invaded by pests. And I thought you were talking about us. <laughs> <laughs> you, mean the, you mean the stink bugs you know, all from those Canadian, right. All those Canadian <laughs> friends are descending upon you at this time of the year. <laughs> so you guys are here, and, and, and we, we uh, talked about it on our, our podcast last week, how it was... Just it was touch and go with respect to your your home in Tampa, which is on the water. And uh, maybe, John, you could kind of give us an update on Hurricane Ian, which did devastating damage on parts of Florida. But I think you guys personally made it out OK. Yeah, listen, we were um, first of all, I just want to say how happy we are to be here and oh, thanks, what amazing man. hosts you guys have been and Aww. how incredibly beautiful your place is in the countryside. And the pictures just don't do it justice. The experience has been overwhelming and just mm. it's amazing. So thank you to you and Julie. It's our pleasure. Oh, it's a yeah. pleasure. But uh, yes, Hurricane Ian, that was a scary one. Um, Stacy and I, our home backs onto Tampa Bay and it looked like Tampa Bay was going to get a direct hit. So we were watching it very closely. And just like Hurricane Charlie in 2004, the hurricane took a, a sharp right turn and went towards Fort Myers, Punta Gorda area with a devastating effect. And, and Tampa really, Tampa Bay skirted what could have been a, a huge disaster. We were expecting a 16, 18 foot tidal surge into Tampa Bay, which would have swamped our our home and and many homes in the area. And uh, instead, Tampa Bay was drained, basically, because of uh, the way that the storms work and the winds push the water. Yeah, they called the it a, like a reverse storm surge. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And when the water goes out, it doesn't come rushing back into Tampa Bay. It comes in slowly and maybe it's a little bit higher. But uh, boy, we were very, very lucky and feel quite blessed. Uh, so as a real estate agent, uh, I have to ask you, because uh, Julie and I were talking about this on one of our walks, and that is that would would this adversely affect the real estate market in Florida? And, and my thought being, oh, people don't want to be by the water anymore. If they see this kind of damage, will it affect well, house uh, prices? Also, yeah, is it possible to acquire insurance? You know, mm -hmm. how, how right. easy is that considering yeah, there's there's a lot of different aspects to it. Um, you know, the poor people south of us, our neighbors south of us, uh, their homes, some of those homes are totally you know, wiped away, washed away, as people may have even seen on, on the news. And, you know, there's people who, we can get flood insurance, it's through the government, and there's a $250,000 uh, flood policy to rebuild and $100,000 contents. But for many homes, that doesn't no, cover the damage no, at all. No. And so they're paying out of pocket unless you have supplemental flood insurance. And and so, you know, something that we carry, you know, just, just in case. Um, but a lot of homes, you know, their homes are built up a little bit higher. So, you know, even if there's a 10-foot storm surge, then they're, they're going to be okay. But this was something catastrophic at 18 feet for, you know, some of these places. Like in Naples. Fort, like, yeah, Naples, Fort Myers area. So those types of places are just in trouble. And I think it'll, obviously, it'll affect the, the prices of homes in that area until things are rebuilt. In our particular area, I don't know what's going to happen. I think that it's going to be steady. I think we're going to get a lot of people moving from the Fort Myers area and Tampa up to our area because so many people are displaced right. mm. and that there are they will want to stay in Florida because their family, their friends are there. Um, their way of what well, life is is going to change, but it's very similar in St. Pete to uh, or Tampa 
to uh, what it's like in Fort Myers. So I think we're going to get a lot of people coming in and it's going to um, help keep the uh, value of the homes in the area stable. Well, we're, we're just glad that you guys uh, are, are mm-hmm. sort of out of the woods and have a, a home to return yeah, to. Thank you. Um, yeah, and that, that, that's twice, right? With Irma and with Ian, Tampa Bay was like going to be a direct hit, and that didn't happen. So twice. Yeah. It was guys, right to the last minute we thought that we were going to be swamped, and, uh, you know, by the grace of God, we were not. So mm-hmm. uh, we're very lucky. And we're very lucky to have you here, and we're also very lucky to have your wife, Stacy here. And Stacy, uh, first of all, congratulations on an exciting uh, U.S. Open. Thank you, Jeff. Yeah, that was, uh, I've been doing this for probably 30 years, but it was the most uh, exciting, inspirational, and successful event in my entire career. Well, it and, really and was special. In large part, uh, the Serena Williams retirement. What uh, a yeah. what yes. a privilege and a magical moment um, to share that with Serena and uh, all of her fans in her home Grand Slam. We weren't sure if she was going to play. Um, and if she was going to play, would she stay on the court and allow us to to pay tribute to her? Because in her Vogue article, she said, you know, I'm not really good with goodbyes and <laughs> I don't want that. And we had it well scripted that uh, we had Gail King on the court and I had Billie Jean on the court. She was not getting off the court. <laughs> 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 but uh, we, that was incredibly special. And the other part of what made this year uh, special, we had no Roger. Uh, Francis Tiafo, our American, uh, African-American player, beat uh, Rafa. If you're going to lose Rafael Nadal in your tournament, it's, that's the player uh, to, to beat him. And it's about the next generation. The next generation uh, has arrived, and they took the sport to the next level. Hmm. And again, I've been this doing this my entire uh, career. I saw the best tennis in my entire life. Hmm. at this year's U.S. Open. Carlos Alcaraz, hmm. uh, the new number one yeah. our U.S. Open champion, yep. playing uh, the Italian uh, sinner on Wednesday night, the longest or the latest match in the history of the U.S. Open, 2.50 a.m., <laughs> was, it was a late the one. best tennis uh, Yeah, I think I've I remember, John, you were texting Jeff. We were up in the morning. Because we were up, up in the morning. morning. Yes. 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 And you were yes. still up late at night. Yeah, Jeff, Jeff said, why are you awake? And I said, the match is still going on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, you mentioned some of the great players who were there. Uh, and I know you have a great relationship with John McEnroe, but he was quite vocal about Novak right. and the fact that he wasn't there uh, and not being allowed to play. What did this boil down to from the U.S. Open's point of view? We wanted Novak to play. We had a Novak policy. You didn't have to be vaccinated as an athlete to compete. And ultimately, it came down to a U.S. federal government entry requirement that all non-U.S. citizens must uh, be vaccinated. And um, unfortunately, Novak has his, his uh, own personal opinion um, around how he wants to manage his, his body. He doesn't believe in vaccinations. And so ultimately, it was his choice, unless our government would give him an exemption, and our government was, uh, was not, not willing at that time to do so for one professional athlete. Um, we want to. I, we definitely want to get to the Order of Canada here, but I think uh, to properly set up the Order of Canada appointment for you, uh, we need to kind of go through your personal contribution to the sport, and specifically, let's start with uh, being the first 
a female tournament director of the U.S. Open. Maybe uh, you could first of all tell us how long the U.S. Open has been uh, active and then for you to be the first female tournament director. Well, in 2020, I, um, I was announced as the the uh, first female tournament director of the U.S. Open in 140 years. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's huge. So, uh, long overdue. And it, ironically enough, was the same day that, uh, that Kamala Harris, vice president of the United States, uh, an Asian woman, American, uh, and I said, you know, what she said, you know, I may be the first, I won't be the last. And I actually did an interview for the Canada Games And uh, I use that same phrase. I may be the first female tournament director of the U.S. Open, but I will not be the last. Fantastic. And and Stacey, you were such a contributor uh, and a leader in getting equality in pay for the female tennis players. And I know that was a struggle. It's something that a lot of people have been working on. But I think in your tenure, during your time at the WTA, um, that's when it all fell into place. Well, sometimes uh, right time, right place, <clears throat> and I think that's what happened for me. Equal prize money uh, for our listeners started in 1972, so 50 years ago. Yes, with Billie Jean King. And Billie Jean King in 1972 basically told the USTA, I'm not going to play the U.S. Open next year unless we have equal prize money. So she put them on notice in 1972. In 1973, what happened? the USTA paid equal prize money. And Billy was instrumental Mm. in securing that through her advocacy and also uh, putting her money where her mouth is. She went out and got a sponsor, and the USTA agreed to have that sponsor do the top-up. So the USTA has provided equal prize money since 1973. 2023 US Open is going to be very special for us. We plan uh, a year-long celebration of equal pay. And it's not about the money, it's about the message that it sends mm. to little boys and little girls that we all work hard and we're all equal and we all deserve um, equal pay. You're still, uh, you know, in Canada and U.S., <clears throat> we're 80% to the dollar that uh, that women are, are making. Mm. So uh, this will be a big moment for us. Back to the, to the question for the history. So the four majors, U.S. Open, Australian Open, the French, and Wimbledon. The history, U.S. Open 1973. Australia got there in 2001. And I joined the WTA in 2006, and the first project that Larry Scott, the chairman, gave me was, Stace, uh, we want to get equal prize money at Roland Garros and at Wimbledon. And they're at 93%. So we, uh, and let, let, to be fair, this was a campaign from 1973. Now it's 2006. <laughs> it didn't stop. So every administration within the WTA, every generation of player advocated for this. And uh, my job, along with Larry's, was to put together a strategic PR campaign, and it was bulletproof. Mm. Uh, We engaged a, a government relations firm out of Ireland, actually, and we decided that the campaign would include uh, government relations, and at the time, we had a female minister of sport in Britain. And the UK was trying to get the Olympic Games. Oh. We had her on board, Tessa Jowell. Mm. She went on the floor of the House of Commons and said, you know, my lords, is it right that the women receive less uh, at Wimbledon than, the, the, than uh, the men? And Tony Blair also stepped in. So that was big. Then we did public opinion survey in France and in England. 
80% of the public felt that the women should receive equal prize money. So we had the public on our side. Right. Venus Williams is our modern-day Billie Jean King. Mm. And Venus doesn't get the spotlight that she deserves. But she went with Larry to the committee at Wimbledon. She said, I want you all to close your eyes. I don't want you to think about what it would be like to work so hard in your life and you arrive at your moment and you're told you're not good enough and you're going to receive less. And that next year, we got equal prize money. And who um, won Wimbledon? Venus Williams. That's how poetic amazing. Is that? Wow. Amazing. And how, wow, you know, I've got goosebumps. What a moment. Uh, sometimes see it on TV. Um, the athletes come off the court and they go up these stairs and they're this, this is where the Royal Box is. And in my role at the WTA, uh, John and I had the privilege of being in the Royal Box. And so Venus walks up. Billy's right there. And how great was that? That hmm. Billy and Venus are there, the two women who championed for equality um, in our sport. So I was uh, really, really fortunate to be part of that journey. Wow. That's amazing. Well, and and you were, uh, you know, you were a big part of the journey. <laughs> yeah, right there, you know, you know, it's like being on the one-yard line. Yeah. Sometimes that's the hardest. You just want to punch it in. That is yeah. the hardest to, 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 yes, to bring to, it over the line. Yeah. And it had taken... From 1973 to 2006 to get there. Think about it. That's That's huge. insane. Yeah, so, that, that is. We had all this, this campaign, and Wimbledon had a new uh, CEO who was a pretty uh, forward-thinking and very brand um, protective. And he just says to this committee of 11 men and one woman, this is not, not good for our brand. Hmm. And the UK government, I think, put some pressure on them as well because they were trying to get the Olympic Games. And then huh. did, was, sorry, was Roland Garros uh, ahead of Wimbledon or did then Roland Garros just go, okay, if Wimbledon's in? They were right. They were in tandem. Yeah. They yeah. were they were in speaking together. Because the other two, the US and, and Australian, we were, were already, already there. there. Yeah, yeah okay. we were already there. Wow. So it really was them. I can remember, oh, this is funny, being here in France, going to Roland Garros and I had to make a presentation to the chairman of, of uh, the French Tennis Federation. And I had the French version and the English. <laughs> version. <laughs> I did my very best. You know how bad my French is. It's not bad. Oh, thank you. Messy. One of me. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but I had the same presentation as to the rationale as to why women uh, should receive equal prize money at Roland Garros. So. And I, on a plane going to Stuttgart, Germany, it's 2006, and Larry Scott calls me and I'm just nestling into that business class. All he said to me was, we got it. Wow. <laughs> and I knew exactly what he meant. Wow. And I had some champagne on that flight. <laughs> <laughs> and so you should. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Stacy. before we get into the Order of Canada, I just want to reflect on something that you you had me involved in and, and John. And that was way back in the, in the 90s when I was with Y95. And you asked me to come and do some uh, promo in between the matches on court. And one of the promos that we had was with Gabriella Sabatini and what? your girlfriend. Hang yeah. on. And, well, wait a minute. <laughs> All our girlfriends. All your, both you and John. Mm. Yeah. And uh, the the thing was that <laughs> the pros had to try and serve the ball over the the net and into the prizes for the people that we brought down. And first of all, <laughs> I don't know why she just wasn't on and she was laughing, but she couldn't hit any of these. She couldn't hit any of the prizes. And, and then she gives me the tennis racket. Now, fortunately, this is after, just after I'd been... All the lessons I'd given you? You and Pierre Lamarche and Julie and ever 
And and I'm just quaking because the place is full and John's videotaping the whole thing. Laughing. Laughing, yeah, because we, we still don't have the videotape of that. But I am putting every ounce of, like, everything that you've told me, everything that Julie's told me, everything that Pierre's told me into this serve. And don't I label some big, like, bedding set or something that was over there. Oh, yeah, that's right. It was right. a duvet. It was a duvet. It was our towel sponsor. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it just went boof. And she was... crowd went crazy. So here's my question. Is she still calling? Because I know it was a problem. You know, I, know I saw it was her problem. at the U.S. Open this yeah. year. Did she... And you know her first question was, yeah. how is Jeff Lundberg? Yeah, I knew it. Because it's it's a problem. It, it's, it's, it's a problem. Them, but uh, what we'll, we'll no, hopefully... she, she has fond memories of you. I'm Jeff. sure. She's still thinking of it, yearning for you. I'm, you know. Yeah, maybe I'm you'll just... come to the U.S. Open. It's you know what? It's a gift, but in my case, with my beautiful wife here, it's a curse. Yes, it's, yeah, exactly. it, it really is. Mm-hmm. All right, let's and wake up and move on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Let's get back to reality, please. Quick, <laughs> chop chop. Okay, uh, let talk to us about uh, the Order of Canada. First of all. There are the three three classes of Order of Canada, which I don't think a lot of Canadians even know. Maybe you could just highlight uh, the classes, the one that you were brought in uh, with, and that experience. How did you find out about it? How did the whole thing, how does that whole thing work? And and first of all, congratulations. Thank you. Merci. It's amazing. Merci, merci, merci. Um, <clears throat> well, maybe I'll just sort of, there, there are three levels, um, officer, order, and companion. And uh, I was, we were driving back from Fort Lauderdale. John had uh, had some surgery there, so we're driving back on the I-75. And I get an email, confidential, the Governor General of Canada uh, would like to have a conversation with you. Wow. So uh, I knew that the Order of Canada was in the works. Uh, uh, a, a very good friend had put in an, uh, an application. You nominate people. Mm-hmm. And Brenda Andress, who is a real trailblazer in her own right, she started women's hockey. She was the, uh, for 20 years had the Canadian Women's Hockey League. Wow. And really is one of those unsung heroes uh, in women's hockey. She tells the story that uh, we were at a Canadian sports conference. She didn't, I didn't know her. She came up to me. She was asking me questions. And I just said, Brenda, whatever I can do to help you, no problem. And, you know, she would call and I would help her. And I just thought I was doing what's right, right? You pay it forward and you help um, other women in the industry. Mm -hmm. uh, Because if women's sport as a category can grow, that's good for everyone's business. Yes. So uh, she admired that leadership. And so she put the nomination in for me. Tennis Canada was the seconder. And uh, they, you need two sponsors. So Gee, this, those are two pretty good sponsors. Those are pretty good ones. <laughs> yeah. And also, um, the chairman of Tennis Canada in my day, his name was Jim Fleck. And he is also at the highest level in the Order of Canada. And one of Canada's great philanthropic uh, donors, particularly in the arts community. But he, he loves tennis and was involved in tennis. And I was 32 years old. I'd been at Tennis Canada for five years. I tried to get in Tennis Canada, you remember, Julie? I do. And they turned me down three times. Yep, I do. And I finally got in and just, you know, clawed my way through. Five years later, uh, the guy who wouldn't hire me, hmm. he was, they were moving him out and they wanted me to take his position. And it was Jim Fleck and Bob Moffat, two white males who are in the positions of power, who said, we believe in her 
and she can do the job. And the headline in uh, the Toronto Sun was, you know, Million Dollar Man Leaves Tennis Canada, <laughs> replaced by Stacey Allister Who. Oh, boy. Right? Think about it. Mm. Next year, do you know what the headline was? Stacey Allister Doesn't Miss a Beat. So ultimately, Jim has been my sponsor through my entire career. Mm. And he was also incredibly influential within the Order of Canada community to validate as to why I should become a member of the order. And uh, together with Brenda and Jim, they're really the reason that I was uh, well, appointed. you deserve it. You have worked so hard. You have uh, given so many people opportunities. You've grown the sport. It's just been amazing to watch you. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Really proud. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, how did you find out? Yeah, so look, uh, honestly, so there was that email and, uh, you know, let us know when you, you know, can have an appointment. Well, let's do it now. So I, so I emailed back and said, well, I'm available now. I wasn't driving. And uh, so I called, and you're not supposed to know about this. And I just didn't know when it was coming. It was three years, you know, three, four years since the application went in. She goes, well, I just want to let you know that uh, you've been appointed to the Order of Canada hmm. to the companion category. Oh, I said, that's great. Wonderful. I didn't know what yeah. the companion or order was. What's that? What, you know, didn't I didn't say what's <laughs> yeah. that. I was supposed to know. <clears throat> so I said, that's wonderful. And um, she said, there'll be a press release. Keep this confidential. You can tell a few family and friends. July 1st, Canada Day, we'll announce it. The ceremony at Rideau Hall is to be scheduled. We have not used it. I can use the, the uh, nominals behind my name. And I have my... Little Order of Canada oh, pin. You do. I do. That's, I do have it on here. It's quite beautiful. So cool. And so the companion order is even is the highest level and is makes it even more special because normally you go in as an officer or at the order and you then get promoted to the companion. Oh. I huh. went right into the companion. There were only four individuals named to the companion. There were 85 in this last announcement. Of the 85, there were four of us in the companion. Mm -hmm. Of the four, I was the only one that was not promoted. Wow. Wow. And only 165 living Canadians can hold the Companion Order of Canada at the same time. Wow. Including Queen Elizabeth. So at the time. At the time, right. At the time, Queen Elizabeth also was a, a, a member of the Companion Order. Oh, huh. wow. So, that is that is just so amazing. It's really, really, really special for, mm. uh, and it's a recognition of um, for my contributions to gender equality and a mentorship for women within the sports and entertainment industry. Wow, that is a fantastic! Huge, and, huge honor, and so well deserved. Yes, uh, especially in light of the you know the the story regarding Roland Garros and Wimbledon, uh, which which all happened during a reign at. Uh, at the WTA, and and could you just b briefly explain your relationship with with Billie Jean? Because I know it's 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 quite involved. Yeah, and it, it's a relationship I think uh, that John and I and our whole family share with Billie Jean. Um, you know, just think about this little kid from a little country with not very much tennis talent. Uh, Julie was the real player, uh, not me. I was just a good <laughs> little club player. She was a real deal. And knew um, no one in the Canadian sport establishment, let alone uh, international tennis. And I go on to run the Canadian Open, the WTA that Billie Jean King founded, and mm. now 
I run the U.S. Open in the USTA Billie Jean King National Tennis Center. How incredibly special. And so the, the relationship goes from from her being uh, my Shiro hmm. to being a mentor to being a, a friend and really a tremendous family friend Yes. to John and our kids, mm. particularly um, uh, Jack, uh, who has a special relationship with Billy. So she, uh, we're all business when it's time for business, but uh, she's got this unique, unique gift that, I don't know, she just knows when you, you need a pump up. And uh, I know when I was going f- to be the chair and the CEO of the WTA, it was, I don't know, it was, was this a Friday Friday night or at home? The phone rings. Mm-hmm. I never pick up the phone. Uh, but I picked up the phone that night, and who was it? It was Billie Jean. Out of the blue. Unsolicited. And she says, how are you doing? I know you're going for, this, for the job. We're behind you. You can do this. And she's always there to pick you up when, when you need it. It's really, really cool. No, she's... Uh... She's just such a warm, kind person and just has done so much for, you know, women and equality and, and does so much for her friends and, and family. Yeah. She seems She's really conscientious person. and it's very thoughtful. supportive. We have to, uh, when we've got to get Billy to move from point A to point B during an event, we have to build in an extra half hour because she will stop and talk to everyone. And the one thing she, she taught me early on in the, my career is, the security guards, food service, those that are taking care of uh, the restrooms, those people are as equally as important as those of us that maybe are front of house and on the media. And uh, real, real, real life stories. One day we're at home in Florida. Jack uh, is on the phone, and he's walking around the house on FaceTime. And it's Jack, who are you talking to? Oh, I'm talking to Billy. <laughs> <laughs> And that's the kind of relationship oh, that's... That, uh, that Jack had with Billy. And Jack one day in class said, well, I, can get, I can get Billy to talk to our class. And, and Jack uh, texted Billy. And sure enough, Billy oh. did uh, a Zoomer wow. with, with Jack's class. And they, <laughs> they got the whole school to join in. Wow. Yeah, they were doing a human rights um, section in their, in their humanities class. And... Billy was their guest speaker. so And right up until the last moment, I think some people didn't believe that Billy was going to be on right. that soon. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, it was great. Okay, so uh, just one final question about all this. Your, your uh, former chairman, CEO, WTA, uh, the, well, I think you're the only person to be the uh, Chairman for both the Canadian and U.S. Open. Or maybe I'll be a Trivial Pursuit question one day. Or Jeopardy. Wouldn't that be be awesome? You're currently the Chief Executive of Professional Tennis and the U.S. Open Director. How do you reconcile cheating so much at Euchre? (laughs) (laughs) There's no reconciliation because I don't cheat. We do not cheat at Euchre. If we cheated, we wouldn't have had that terrible loss on the first night. What's what's the score in games right now, Jeff? 11-7. The, we're up 11-7, but it's okay. the table talk. It's just, it's, oh. it's rampant. So there's oh. no table it's talk. It's rampant. There is no table talk. Oh. Oh. 
anyway, we just we ruled last night. So oh. you guys played very well yeah, last you night, played but, great, but you were down so bad. So far, yeah, but we're coming out of the abyss. Yes, uh, right. Well, you only yeah. could and go up and with, that's, with your that's cheating. That's the story. When you get knocked down, you get back up and you <laughs> keep going, <laughs> and you go to the top. Oh, women, wow. yes. So uh, I want to say that part, yeah, part of the reason that we're doing so well is is um, John and Stacy, uh, you brought us uh, some bubble gum from uh, a bunch of care package. Right, yeah, your care. We package. we got some Charmin toilet paper. Essential. Essential. And the uh, the mustard. And the, the mustard. And just so you know, if you're going to be a guest of us, this is this is this is better than we can get champagne. Okay. Yeah, we did not bring champagne. We, we can get we that here. We did bring port from uh, yes. Portugal. Yes. You brought port, but I mean, we can't get Charmin, we can't get Canadian gum, and we cannot get, at this moment, um, Dijon mustard. Dijon mustard. What about so, Tim Hortons coffee? No or thanks. Timbits. No thanks. Okay. No, no. 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 That no. wasn't on your list. No, no. Uh, once you've had the coffee here. Gum uh, mustard and bumwad yeah. is really well. Excuse me? <laughs> All right. Yeah, we were trying to set the bar high for your future <laughs> yeah, guests. Future guests. <laughs> well, you, you, you have. You have. And, um, and it was well-traveled, too. Yes. Yeah, it was yeah. again, three, four three countries. Three countries. Four. Hey, uh, before we go, we got to talk about, uh, we went to a Michelin uh, restaurant last night, and uh, we really enjoyed ourselves. And I, I know that that's, as you said, we read this comment last week, the trifecta of fun chateaus, wine, and um, and Michelin restaurants. Uh, what did you guys think? We were at Eleanor's in Montpazier, mm -hmm. and uh, it, it, which we had a nice time, huh? Oh, it's yeah. it fantastic. It's an enchanting uh, village. Yes. Is that right? The village? Commune, we call them? They call them communes, <clears throat> yeah. Yep. Yeah. And it was a it was a one star Michelin restaurant. And Julie, what was the difference between a one star and two star? They forgot to replace some light bulbs. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Come on, this is what you guys noticed. Here we are. Hey, look, I, you know, I, I'm very detail oriented. Oh yeah. For the whole atmosphere, you've got to make sure that everything okay. is firing on all cylinders. But the the service was great. The room was great. Beautiful. The food was really good. Outstanding. Um, but there were a couple of burnt light bulbs. Oh. Oh my yeah, and they, we know when our glasses got empty. They and, were, yeah, yeah, they, they didn't fill them up that they quickly. Were, not so quick. Not so quick. So, but holy. when you went to yes, pick up they, the they wine almost, bottle, they almost like like a jack yeah, in the box. Yeah. They came from nowhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like they, they wanted to. Yeah, exactly. We'll get you that. We'll get you that. <laughs> so that was it. But before going to the restaurant, we went to the chateau. That's right. We want the Chateau Basil. de Biron. Yes, and we have done a previous podcast on uh, Chateau Biron. I think it was 35, 34. And we, were, uh, we wanted to wait, Julie, you and I, we wanted to wait to go on the inside till we had some friends with us. Yes. Um, so, and uh, I'm glad we did yes. because it, the place is beautifully restored. It's, right. it's now, I think, under you know, commune ownership. Mm -hmm. And so they've replaced the flooring. They've kind of really made it uh, 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 safe. Very safe. <laughs> well, especially when you're at the years top. old. Yeah. Interesting that you mentioned they replaced the flooring, but they had a piece of the old flooring to show how it was done, which I thought was really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, it, you know, it was it was great with our audio guide, and and we got to find out a little bit more about about the Birons and about the history and and all the add-ons. Like it started out as a medieval chateau, but th every century there's something added on: the chapel, the this, the that. 
Yeah, we're noticing that that's quite common mm -hmm. with chateaus. It's like you've got the basic, and then it, it's, it keeps on growing as different people become proprietors, and 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 you know want, the needs change. They they do they do. But what were you saying? How many times was Biron attacked? It was between five and seven se separate sieges, whereas uh, Bonnegay. Yes. I know you laugh every I time. I love it. Yeah. I, I uh, would like you to say Dordogne, though. Dordogne. Mm. <laughs> That's right, Dordogne. Yes, I know. I know. It sounds That's where funny. Chateau de Biron is. Is, is it in... your dog? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Does your dog bite? <laughs> it's not my dog. I thought you said no. your dog doesn't bite. It's not my dog. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the, uh, the, the Chateau uh, Bonneguet, uh, they, uh, they had all kinds of sort of Frankenstein pieces to that. Uh, chateau, but it was in a, a remote enough area that it was never nobody. That's oh, a nice chateau you got there, Bill, but nobody's interested, okay? Because it's too far away from the local grocery store. Uh, whereas, whereas Biron it was like attacked and attacked and attacked. Yeah, and the views oh. were amazing. Yeah, views. Yeah, fantastic. Dagger. Yeah, they did a terrific job restor restoring it, and uh, yeah, just walking through it. Just think about the hundreds of years and visualizing these courtyards, what might have gone on. Mm -hmm. And I, I said to you, Julie, love to know the movies that were filmed there. <laughs> yep. And lo and behold, and lo, lo and behold, we were in the attic. We walk all the way up to the attic, and they have all the movie posters yeah. of all the films that have been shot there. Yeah, along with some costumes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Authentic costumes. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was really but cool. But all French movies. No, no English movies. Just French. Yeah. 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 I'm sure there's been. There's got to be Hollywood you, movies done there. There has you to think. be. Yeah, yeah. it's enchanting place. But you were saying, John, that you you felt like it was kind of Game of, Game of Thronesy. Yeah, in absolutely. certain rooms, it, yeah. it felt yeah. like you know there it could have been you know you're in Westeros or you're you know somewhere where there was you know some type of uh, battle gonna, going to uh, happen. Yeah, so yeah was, I, uh, I said to John, this would be a great place for a sword fight right here. You know? <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Not that kind of sword fight. We went outside the walls for that one. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we had those kinds of experiences, but just today, um, uh -huh. Stacy, John, and I went to our local uh, farmer's market. Oh. Oh, and, oh, uh, yeah, en français. Everybody <laughs> was speaking en français, and it was it was great. Okay. Well, our first stop was the uh, the cheese woman, cheese Fromage. lady. Fromage. Fromage, mademoiselle. That was impressive. Yes. She had quite a selection. Yeah, you guys bought a bunch of stinky stuff that no, I won't be not, having, right? No, no. no, we thought of you once. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 and then the next stop was the veggie stand, and then you guys noticed that there, there was this fresh uh, cooked food that was just... Sort of paella style? Yeah. Yeah, uh, these big vats of unbelievable... Shrimp know, and yeah. chicken and couscous. Which was and, perfect for lunch. Right. So we picked up some, some and lunch. And lasagna that must have been... Uh, uh, 12 inches thick. Oh, it was so huge. Great. It was really big. Yeah, pulled out the chainsaw, cut through that, and we had a beautiful lunch. No, it was delicious. Though. It was really good. And then yeah. we walked, we sauntered over yeah. to the uh, the uh, charcuterie. Uh, and and you didn't, you weren't with us in there. John and I are trying to. <laughs> oh, yeah. We muddled through, though. We muddled through. Okay. Uh, muddled yeah. through. He spoke some English. And I spoke yeah. a little French. Yep. And then we went to the fishmonger and bought some salmon, moved over to the olive um, concession, wow. bought some mm -hmm. olives, and then... And some dried kiwi. The oh, moment oh, of the, oh, of the, of yes. the day. Yes, the moment of the... Oh, yes, this was big. 
This, John, you were so curious about this guy. I was so excited about this. I was intrigued. This this fella um, had how many, like five vats or five? Local winemaker. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. And you had to bring your own bottle? I thought like we were going to a gas station. He he was gracious (laughs) enough to maybe supply a bottle. Yeah, and he had a whole bunch of washed bottles, like with, like, what were you saying, like Fanta? Fanta. <laughs> uh, like an empty Fanta plastic bottle, oh. a big, big liter type. And and so the wine is not sealed, it's open, It's it can't be good for more than a day. No, it was, no, it was, sealed. It was sealed when he put the cap, screwed the cap back on yeah. the big it's bat. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but that's not the same. The, oh, it's not the same? Not the All same. All right, okay. Time. No. All right. So, well, did you try? Well, it John said John we gotta relentless. go. We gotta go. And I was, I was trying to pull him away. Like I was going, no, this is not going to be good. Well, we had bought a, some wine at a, across the, you know, way from him. Yeah, yeah. nice uh, organic, a local one. Yeah, it looked like boutique. it was going to be quite good. Um, which it was. It eh, wasn't. It was <laughs> fine. So you don't, but, guys didn't buy any of the guy's Fanta wine. No, well, no, we went over and, and he says, "Would you like a taste?" And I was going to buy a, a liter in the Fanta bottle. But, How much uh, was it? It was uh, seven euro <laughs> fifty for a liter. Right. Yeah. I would. I would change his uh, marketing strategy around to, if you buy some, I'll give you a taste. Yes. Yeah. As opposed to the other well, way around. Right. Because yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I think his marketing with his crayon written, uh, okay. oh, you know, <laughs> science and stuff. But and, anyway. And his table was not. It was kind of dingy. Oh, and, you guys. Yeah. Uh, but we had a taste. Very he pulled friendly. out a Dixie cup. Mm-hmm. And he said, Here. It wasn't recycled. It was clean. Yeah, it was clean. And so John was the first one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he tasted. He looked at me, didn't say a word, handed me the cup. I tasted it. I didn't say a word. Aww. Handed it to Stace. She tasted it. And we said, Thank you very much. Oh, I, I'm like <laughs> and away we grimacing went. and puckering up. And I think I oh. said, <clears throat> It's like red wine vinegar. <laughs> Wow, it was that that not good, huh? It wasn't good. It wasn't good at all. But I was so excited to get a liter and bring it back for lunch because you know your lunches here. I love lunch here. (laughs) I can't go back. And you've been serving us such excellent wine. We thought we'd you know pay a favor back. Yeah, yeah. So and you did. You didn't buy any. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So this brings me to the French phrase of the day. Oh, I was hoping she'd forget. Oh no, I did not forget. Never forgets. Okay, so here goes. Okay, French phrase of the day. Here we go. Mieux vaut mm. boire trop de bon vin qu'un petit peu de mauvais. One more time. I think I have most of this. I think you do too. Mieux vaut boire. Now that's the only part. The vaut. Mieux vaut. I got boire. Okay, so vaut is the present of uh, valoir. Mieux vaut boire trop de bon vin qu'un petit peu de mauvais. Terrible yeah, wine. It's, it's something like. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. Too much of the wine and it's it's petit peu. Too much of the good wine. Too much. No. Is no. the bad. No, mieux is better. Better, yeah, I know. But what's the vaut? The the valoir. The value. It's ah, value. Mieux vaut. Okay. So better to drink too much good wine. Ah. Then. A little bit of bad. So <laughs> very good. That was great, Julie. Mauvais? Mauvais, mauvais, mauvais bad. Mauvais bad. Mauvais bad. Mauvais bad one. So, mieux vaut boire trop de bon vin qu'un petit peu de mauvais. <laughs> petit peu. Can you say that one more time? <laughs> yeah. Petit peu. <laughs> I don't think he's going to use that in his marketing. <laughs> petit peu. 
<laughs> now that's not going to be his slogan. No, <laughs> you know, I don't can think you so. just imagine? I mean, might switch it. Yeah. <laughs> Better drink a lot of bad wine <laughs> yeah. than a little good? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyway, that's a great French phrase today. I kind of bummed out I didn't get it because I knew most of the words. I just didn't. A lot of pressure in the room. It's getting better. Keep trying. You're getting trying. I'm getting there. Yeah. Well, listen, guys, thanks for taking time out of your uh, holiday to come in here and yak with us. But, you know, you you guys have such an interesting story. And uh, again, huge congratulations, Stace. uh, on such a well-deserved uh, honor for you, and and you know your your legacy is that's not going anywhere. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. Congratulations, <laughs> and on an amazing U.S. Open. Thank you. Yes. Thank really. You. Thank you. One of the most Open. exciting. Thanks I've for seen. Uh, being able to uh, recover and celebrate and be with really great friends. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Glad Thank your you. voice was back. Yeah, it's really sounding good, isn't it? It yeah. is. Yeah. Uh, uh, how well do you cry? Because you'll be doing a little of that. Coming up after today's round of Euchre. Keep dreaming, Jeff Lundy. <laughs> Coming up on next week's show, no idea. We have no idea. We have absolutely no idea what we're doing. I mean, we have we have these these guys here, uh, these stink bugs here till Friday. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be us. You can report on the uh, other Michelin star, yeah, uh, two star. Yes. Because all, all their light bulbs will be on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the two star. <laughs> And maybe you won't have to hurt your elbow pouring your own wine, eh, John? Exactly. Be nicing it. All right. Thank you very much, guys. Enjoy the rest of your holiday. This is Jeff and Julie moved to France during a global pandemic. À très vite.